0: Oh, Yomalis, welcome to the Knackin' Mana Knight, the podcast for all of Menno Simons' black sheep, you might say. Uh, I, of course, am your host, Stephen Harder. I'm sure if uh, you know me, you must know my parents, uh, Diedrich and Helena Harder from Gruntal. And uh, this is the podcast for, you know, uh, the folks who, you know, uh, have the Mana background, but maybe don't feel like they totally fit in with. You know, you're a standard Manitoba Manonite, you might say. And I started up a conversation last week with a couple of gentlemen here uh, on the party line, and I've got them on the line right now, Scott and Matt Pilgrim. And believe it or not, they are actually husbands to each other. So it's been very interesting just to hear, you know, a little bit about their journey. I know last week we uh, heard from... Uh, Matt, and he explained uh, the the hardships that came with, you know, knowing that he was gay at a very young age. Uh, and Scott, I'm just curious, how, how did uh, your uh, journey uh, compare and differ from that of Matt?
1: Um, well, it's fairly different, following a similar path, but still fairly different. Um... I don't know. Like, I wouldn't say that it's something that I knew or even was aware of in my younger years at all, but it's just, it more so came to light in my adulthood. I mean, many years of knowing that I was very different than everybody else that I was around, but no clue what that was or what exactly was going on until it kind of, I don't know what revealed itself, I don't know, in my adulthood. So that it's kind of came about, again, similar to Matt, in that came out at 35, and we got together almost right away, which would go against what most people would advise doing at that point. However, we've been together now almost 10 years and haven't looked back. Oh, so um, as far as family goes, I mean, my family has been very supportive the whole time, so that's, so that's made life a lot easier. Um, yeah, she ha- was previously married to a woman with two kids who are now like basically adults. They're 18 and 20, 17 and 20. Going to be 18 and 21. But, yeah. So it's, um, that was a lot easier to navigate based on family being supportive and so on. Um,
0: So you're saying that they survived? Yes.
1: Oh, interesting. Because
0: I hear that once parents divorce, then their kids uh, may not survive that.
1: Well... I don't know how to comment to that. (laughs) No, we've been very fortunate um, just with how we've been able to work with things. Um, My ex-wife and I are still very close, very good friends, and we've co-parented the whole time. And our kids are now coming into being young adults and are very well-adjusted individuals. So... Can't really complain about that. But yeah.
0: So you uh you know grew up feeling different yeah. and yet you wouldn't have identified that as, you know, growing up feel like repressing, you know, gay feelings then. Is that, that is that what I'm understanding here? Right. Okay. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And um so then Okay, so then you're following uh, you know, the, the, the course, the pl- path that seems right to you, and that includes getting married and having some kids. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when you're an adult, a catalyst comes about and tells you that something
1: isn't right here? Yeah, it's kind of, it's <laughs> difficult to kind of really break down the process of how that how things kind of came to be. It was... I don't know. It was just over time, things kind of started to spark, I guess, or things kind of, kind of realizations of, of kind of what things have always been that didn't fit in or say some of the things that I just thought was normal for everybody was not normal for everybody. Oh, really? Really?
0: So you mean you didn't get the handbook saying yes this is normal no that no, isn't normal no I was not there that day when oh, they handed those <laughs> okay me neither but I I understand that uh, Here some people there. just know what normal is yeah and I others know. of us just need to figure it out no
1: normal is a heavy word anyway which I think it does it's it's a setting on a dryer and that's pretty much what it applies to but no I don't know and I don't and I can't pinpoint like. Uh, This moment, there wasn't like this big revelation moment. I think there was things kind of mentally shifted to realizing of kind of uncertainty of things. And it's like, well, starting to wonder, well, is am I gay? To that realization where knowing that that was the case, and then the panic of, um, well, what do I do now with this, being married with kids and not unhappy, but knowing that something needed to change, as it were. Because mm. the, the current the current um, status quo was not going to work.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So then, how did? It sounds like you know your your wife at the time. Mm-hmm. She didn't respond badly. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Very supportive, actually.
0: Supportive. Okay. Yeah. Um. And what about your your two kids? Like, what 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 was their life looking like during or what? Yeah. What? How did this impact their life?
1: Well, I mean, and their reaction to it was more so a reaction to, you know, parents separating. But for them to adjust to dad being gay was not really a, a big issue, per se. That was, I mean, they were very familiar with what that was at that point. We had friends that were gay at the t- that time were around and our boys knew and whatever it wasn't like this was a whole new thing to have to also try to explain to them and whatever work our way through we worked our way through but it was that was not a difficult thing for our boys to Hmm. kind of adapt to as it were um i think especially that the difference there too was that me and matt got together fairly quickly so and then he was in the picture. So they could see that it's was not like this crazy world necessarily. It was just it was just basically just another means of being at home and be a different kind of normal. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Huh. So then um so then you two uh, are getting together. And so what trace because I think I think I got a pretty clear idea of the importance uh of faith that was in at work in Matt's life. Like how how did your experience with the Mennonite faith uh compare, differ, contrast to to his experience? Was it like I guess it wasn't something you needed to dig into as hard? Just because it wasn't something that you wasn't a felt need
1: for you is that is that fair to say? Well, it wasn't as at the forefront of things for me as it was for him to start off with. So, um, I mean, I grew up going to church and whatever, and kind of ascribed to the Christian teachings to a point but I'll all through my life I've always kind of been in and out of Christianity as far as what I could really get a grasp of or what I could get on board with or ascribe to or whatever that wording is on that um, and I and I don't re- I just I specifically remember being at a um, a church service and the message at at the time was about sexuality, and there was I think it was about well specifically about um, well it was about sexuality, but then it was part of it was digging into homosexuality and so on. And I distinctly remember, and I can't remember specifically things that were said or specific things, but I think it was just by the end of that service, I knew that this was no longer for me. It was just not something that, whether it be the messaging or whether it be the approach or whether, I don't know exactly what it was, but that was kind of the last, not, because it was not, like it it wasn't even a dramatic thing. It was just, it was simply at that point I, I knew that that was no longer what I could follow. Mm. And was that pre-35 or post-35? Uh, pre. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But it was kind of in amongst the lead up to mm. my coming out process. Right. Right. Yeah. So, huh. yeah. And then since then, it's, um, whereas Matt's been much more of a seeker and wanting to have something to, I don't know the exact, what the wording is, even I can't think of the wording is, but have something to basically to follow or to um, believe in. And for me, that's been much less of a need. Mm-hmm. So when people ask kind of, well, how, like, what do you, what would you say you believe now? And I don't have, I, for me, it's, it's just a very simple, I just, my belief is simply to love others. And that's essentially, I believe in love.
0: Mm. Hmm.
1: Regardless. Well, I think
0: Christians do too, so I've heard.
1: Well, they say they do.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> maybe a little bit true there. Interesting. Interesting. No,
1: it's, it's the phrasing that I always talk about is when you get the... Because the phrase you'll often get from people is, you know, I love you, but and the love you but is if there's if there's a but attached to it it's like you totally negate the first part mm, yo that's so that's why for me it's just just love end of sentence yeah
2: now i think i also want to and uh, I, I think scott agrees with me here on this um this this isn't a categorical um a statement mm-hmm. that we're, you know, where, where we say, all oh, Christians say they love, but they don't. We mm-hmm. have some very close Christian friends in our, in our acquaintance mm-hmm. that, that exemplify and display the love that, th- what they would call the love of Christ. And, and it's, I've come to very much appreciate them and, and their faith uh, for what it is. Mm-hmm. I, we've had some very candid conversations with them um, where, where we just, both say you know what we're so excited that you are are displaying the love of christ in your life in an accurate and um and loving way um and and while we want to reflect that love as well uh, the following of the faith is not for us and it's it's like i i didn't say this earlier and so the 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 part that that where scott and i differentiate when it comes to our faith um is is uh scott's focus is exactly as he says it's love it's love for for one another love for each for for people and and so forth um Uh, my, well, I said that it's, that it's love. That's, that's more a byproduct of, of my faith, which is paganism. Um, and, and I would say that, uh, I follow the pagan faith, which, which is, uh, essentially there's a lot of love there. It's love for, for yourself. It's a love for nature. It's a love for all things that live and breathe. Um, and, uh, a love for, for the gods and goddesses. It's, um, and, and and the prime there there and and the, the thing that drew me most strongly toward paganism was there aren't any rules telling me how to live the the, the cardinal um, it's not even a rule it's more so a philosophy is is um, in all that you do whatever you do uh, just don't hurt do whatever you want just don't hurt others as long as you harm none do whatever you want to do interesting
0: interesting so and that's what uh that's that's uh the you know the that's what f- fills that faith need for for you in your
2: life is that what i'm hearing you say yes yes, yes very that. much so like uh, on our home uh we, we have a home now uh a plot of land five acres and there's lots of forest and and uh there's a swamp section and everything, lots of different areas of nature that I get to be in, but in the middle of a forested area I've created a sacred grove. Um a, a plot of land that I have designated as holy um or sacred or uh set aside specifically for the purpose of of meditation, of worship. Um, of uh, of ritual and uh, whatever it is that you, that you want to do, but it's it's not for regular, uh, you know, regular. You, I've got a fire pit in the middle, and you don't do wiener roasts out of this fire pit. That's that's a place to uh, uh, to to gaze into the flames and meditate. It's a place to offer sacrifice for whatever it is that you that you want to do for ritual. Um, it's. Uh, um, yeah. A recognition of, of the life that surrounds us and the life that we live in and recognition of, uh, of those that live around us and that we need to be living in harmony with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that has largely come to, uh, to be also a part of my identity, mm-hmm. um, I'm not just gay, Matt. I'm also <laughs> I'm also pagan, Matt.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm also uh, dungeon master, Matt, for Dungeons and Dragons. You know.
0: Oh, oh that kind of dungeon. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what's
2: going on the property. <laughs> Scott, is there anything I need
0: to know
1: about? What's <laughs> going on on the property, <laughs> are
0: you Are you Are you Are you free to speak? Mind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Fifty Shades of Math. Not that I know anything about that, because I don't. I know nothing about that. I just read memes about it. Um, So, what's where, where, so it sounds like, uh, Scott, your, you know, relationship with your family that it's, you know, it's been Kind of steady, right? Like I I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm not hearing uh, that you know it was you know cataclysmic disaster on your side. That things were you know pretty amicable, and you've continued to to grow and adapt. Is is that is that fair to say? Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. Much less dramatic. Okay.
0: So then, Matt, what's how what's what's the dramatic uh, status for you and? You know your relationship with your kids, kids. and your uh ex wife is it still cold and off or
2: oh no no we uh we have definitely rekindled a friendship there um after about seven years after my coming out then uh, she reached out to me and and just uh, said, "Hey, I think that uh you should be a part of the kid's life." Um, and, uh, so I have been, uh, get to see them on a regular basis. Uh, recently we've even had them over for Christmas, um, and not just the kids, but also my, my ex as well. And, uh, uh, the, the, the relationship there is, is beginning to mend. Well, I wouldn't say mend. we're creating something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm really, uh, I think that it's becoming a very beautiful thing. And, um, uh, yeah i'm I'm very thankful for how how things have turned out uh, I think that the the exactly like we described or as we decided at the beginning i needed i needed that that absence to be able to figure out who I was because I was very very much um, in a in a place of of questioning everything at that uh, at, at that time when I came out and um, didn't have enough of me to offer to uh, to to my kids to be able to be a supportive parent for them and now that I am uh, confident in who I am and uh, where I am in my life and in my faith, I can, I can also be there for them um, and and support them in their in their growth and, and, and development and, um, and in the different ways that they love as well. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Is there any part of either of your journeys that you would do differently? I know it's always a weird question to ask because if you didn't have your journey, you wouldn't be where you are. So what's, but if you could go and tweak something, if you could be God and just like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to just going to tighten this one screw here a little bit. What what would that adjustment be?
1: I don't know if I do anything differently. I mean, in a perfect world. See, I would have been able to kind of have the realization earlier that life could have been taken a different course. There could have been less people, say, affected by it, per se. But at the same time, I mean, I don't, I have no regrets. I don't know in the the time that I've had, I don't know that I would have done things differently to be honest.
2: I, uh, I kind of echo that. I mean, I would have loved to have been able to come out immediately after college. I think that would have been a good time to do so. Um, come home from from Bible college and go, you know what, I spent four and a half years seeking after this, and it's just not for me. Um, and and instead of deluding myself for the next uh, nine more years or whatever it was, uh, just, uh, just been honest with myself at that point. But having said that, I also... Um, having made that change never would have had my kids. And I, 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 I think they're, they become such wonderful people. And, um, and I wouldn't trade that for anything. So like, I think the only thing I would have done differently if I knew then what I know now, um, is, is I think I would have come out differently. Um, instead of being such, uh, um, doing it so, like this was something I had been struggling with for twenty eight years from the time I was seven years old till i was thirty five it's twenty eight years of of time where uh, i've got had the opportunity to to come to terms with it so for me, once I made that decision it was there done i'm 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 now out and this is this is my life but that was very jarring for those others in my life uh, especially for those that um who fell from my shadow game like uh and and um yeah i would have i would have liked to have done i would have liked to have done my coming out a little more uh considerate of other people's uh feelings and 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 their reactions um given given my immediate family my my wife at the time and my kids time to uh to reflect on that and understand it instead of just uh uh uprooting my life and theirs i think that's one thing i would have done
1: differently oh wow yeah yeah i would say the same probably because, like, like you said, it's, it's the, like, going through that process, you're kind of on that journey yourself until that point of coming out. But you forget that everyone else hasn't been included in that journey until that point. So they're playing catch-up. And in the meantime, life's just been disrupted. So, yeah, I would say the same. I was like, I would have, the, the, my one regret is that I didn't allow um, my ex-wife to come along for, or to give the give her the opportunity to work it through with me up to that point. That's what I would regret. But again, when I look at everything else, even the timing of everything, knowing also knowing that the timing was when when it was supposed to happen for me, as much as I like to say like I would have liked to have been done, done that years earlier, so whatever. But in the timing of me doing it, the people around me were prepared to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas as much as five years earlier, they wouldn't have known, all known how to even handle that yeah. or deal with that or kind of piece that together for themselves as far as how that what that even how like how that even they can reconcile that for themselves so yeah I don't know
0: hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. and if someone is you know listening in on the party line now who is in that place of of you know fear or uh uncertainty or not knowing uh, maybe they've got they feel like they've got a lot to lose by listening to this wondering in their heads maybe they're struggling uh, and they're getting tired of that struggle like what what uh, would you what, what what kind of advice would you give to a young person like that
1: Well, it's hard because everybody's scenario is different. Everybody's life is different. Mm -hmm. Um, My encouragement mostly to people is to find somebody you can talk to that, whether that be a family member, whether that be a friend, whether that be a counselor of some kind, to work your way through that um, sooner rather than later.
0: Would you say, you will know, find a pastor to help you work through that?
1: Depends what your comfort level with your pastor is. And kind of what the teachings of your church are and any number of things. There's, there's, there may or may not be, they, they may or not be the best option. But at the same time, it depends on so many factors. Somebody, you want somebody you are comfortable with.
2: I can think of at least two, two pastors in my life where, um, I would say, absolutely. These are people who, who, um, uh, uh, would be able to come alongside you in a loving and accepting manner, um, and bring you through to the other side, um, with, uh, with all the love that, that their faith has to offer without damaging your, uh, your journey. Um, and I think those, those are the types of people that we need in our life now. It doesn't have to be a pastor, uh. Um, I've also <laughs> been, been to some, uh, some counselors, um, professionals who, uh, who did more damage than good in my life. So, um, yeah, uh, and ultimately uh, my recommendation is find someone who, who is at least been on the journey that you're on, um find someone who is <laughs> like one of my friends likes to call it a part of the tribe um who is uh, uh gone on the journey who is who is gay who is lesbian who is whatever journey you're on transgender whatever it is um who's been on that journey and can can say okay so this was my journey and and you can talk to me openly and candidly about yours and uh, we can uh, Come alongside you and 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 be with you on yours. Not so much as a as a, a leader or or uh, um, someone to tell you what to do, but just a sounding board uh, okay. for your thoughts. Because uh, a lot of a lot of times, all you need is just to be able to say your say the words in your head to somebody else, and then things become clearer. Mm. That's true. Mm. Interesting. So, I'm I'm curious. You
0: know, you uh, like you you. Wow. How does your mananite identity now compare to the one of your youth? Like do you associate with that word whatsoever? Is that still a part of your life or is it absolutely uh, gone? Like what, what what does it what does being mananite mean
1: to you now? For me, it's just a, it's a, it's a part of my background. So it's not something, like, I don't say, I, I don't say that I'm Mennonite. It's half, my, one half of my family is Mennonite in that, um, it's a, it's a lineage thing, essentially, culture, I guess, or whatever it is, but it's not, um, like it doesn't affect like Mennonite isn't part of my day to day life or my i ideology or my faith anything it's not really a part of me as it were other than it's in my history and my and my upbringing essentially for me um very much
2: the, the problem with mennonites is that it's not one thing um if if it was just a faith i could say no absolutely i'm not mennonite anymore um but it's not just a faith it's it's a culture as well uh so uh, for me uh, much like scott said uh when i talk about mennonite i say i grew up mennonite i was i grew up in a mennonite culture i grew up in a mennonite household um yeah, for for the b- place of Mennonite now in my life uh, I love zummaborcht um and and other other mennonite foods that is that is about as Mennonite as it gets for me um if i if i <laughs> if I ever want to uh, uh turn the flame of passion off in our household. All I have to do is talk with a Mennonite accent, and that is the end of it. <laughs> okay, so then we're pretty safe here. Then. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that we weren't
0: going to be you know, getting involved in any phone hanky-panky here.
2: <laughs>
0: Not today, sir. Not today. <laughs> um, oh, what was I going to say now? Okay, um, so then... Uh, like Pilgrim, that doesn't sound like a very Manonite name. Is that, is that the, do I call it a maiden name for one of you or?
1: No, no, we, when we got married, we made the conscious decision to, instead of either of us taking each other's last name or both keeping our last name, we jointly um, came up with a completely different last name, kind of as a reset for ourselves. So it's not a maiden name. It's not a name that traces back through our lineage at all. And it's interesting the amount of times people ask me if I'm related to some pilgrim somewhere. It's like, nope, I can tell you right now I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it was, for us, it was just a matter of, it was, uh, like I it said, was, it was a reset for us and uh, um, more of a symbolic gesture than anything.
2: Yeah. And we we had decided that we wanted a name that still meant something to us. Uh I was a wall, Scott was a plet. We had come up with all sorts of different combinations thereof. Wall plet, plet wall, wallet. Um it yeah, doesn't didn't kinda we didn't want any of that. Um I certainly didn't want to be a plet. It sounds kinda like wet manure hitting concrete. Uh Plet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we wanted something that still meant something to us, so uh, we we came up with the idea that uh, both of us have been on a pilgrimage, on a journey um, to to find each other, and and now we have, and we are pilgrims on the same journey together, um, seeking for the next thing. So that's that was it. We are pilgrims, and uh, that's we are. Mm, that's very appropriate. Then
0: sounds sounds like it's uh, steeped in meaning rather than. You know, taking your husband's last name, because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, Yomalee. Well, uh, I think my hymn-sing program is about to begin in a little bit here, so we should probably wrap this up. But thank you so much, Scott and Matt, for just sharing your journey with me, your pilgrimage with me, if you will, a little bit here. Uh, that is uh, very enlightening to me. and yeah. Now I can say that I've actually spoken. To two gay people. And who knows, maybe there's a third one in my down the road for me. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. Uh, and until next time, this is Stephen Harder reminding you that underneath our Sunday best, we are all naked. We will see you next time.